When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. And here we go on a Wednesday. We've got the fabulous four. We've got the injury that changes everything. We've got the trade that needs to happen right now. And we've got the thing that bothers me the most about not winning the Powerball. It's all we got and then a whole lot more. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Try one place to start. It's a little different than usual today. Heather Dinich is here, and I like having Heather here. We're going to make her our one place to start. Brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Here's how my night went last night. Heather Dinich, my college football insider extraordinaire who has as much insight into the college football playoff stuff as anyone has on absolutely anything. Um, last night I sat down, and I decided I'm going to watch election coverage. And so I put that on and I lasted 30 seconds and I heard people yelling horrible things at each other. And I thought to myself, I'm going to go watch ESPN (laughs) and I don't, I don't know what's going to be on and I don't care. And so I watched the entirety of the college football playoff selection special last night, recent company, and they're very good. And it's all fascinating. And it's brilliant what the people in college football have done. They've, they, they took this 30 minutes and made it endlessly compelling. So let's dive into some of this because we have so many big fans around the country. Let's start at the top. What is the number one most important thing, the most important message that the committee sent to us last night? That Tennessee, even though they're on the bubble at number five, can still finish in their top four on selection day. They love their resume. They have wins against Alabama and a convincing win at LSU, 40 to 13. And Greeny, it's important for people to remember that, first of all, Tennessee cannot win the East. They're not going to play in the SEC championship game. But there's precedent for this. Ohio State got in in 2016 without winning its division. Alabama got in the playoff in 2017 without winning its division. So it's certainly possible. Tennessee should not lose again. And teams above them, either Ohio State or Michigan, are guaranteed to lose. Yeah, in in fact, well, I have this sheet here that Hembo gives me every week. And I love the sheet, which gives us – I have more data and metrics than you could ever possibly imagine. And my favorite one is always strength of record. I always go to that because we were able to calculate, well, just how good is the record this team has? And Tennessee's is number two. Their, their, Their record, their strength of their record is number two. Now, here's what I don't love about that. Because they got shellacked in the game that they lost. It's one thing, like Alabama's, I'm just gonna say it. I feel like Alabama's two losses are better than Tennessee's one. Because they went to Tennessee, they easily could have won that game. They lost that game by one play, and candidly, I mean, I, I think I'm inviting the referee from that game to my house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I got to know him so well, because all they did was call penalties on Alabama that whole game. And then they lose on a two-point conversion at the end against LSU. So how does the committee factor in the fact that the one loss Tennessee had was so one-sided? It wasn't even as close as the final score. Well, that's correct. And here's the thing. Tennessee's defense 
has not been stellar throughout the entire season. We thought it kind of turned the corner a little bit against Kentucky, but then we find out that that's an anomaly. And not only were they outplayed in that facet of the game, but I was shocked to see that Georgia had more plays of 20 yards in that game because we're talking about Jalen Hyatt and and Hendon Hooker and the Tennessee offense, which was outplayed. But I think at the end of the day, and Boo Corrigan, the selection committee chair, said this in the first week when they named them number one, that those wins against LSU and Alabama, his phrase was carried the day. That's what separated them from Ohio State and Georgia in week one. And those wins are going to continue to resonate. But, Greena, to your point about Alabama, they just haven't played well. I mean, we can talk about the flags and the penalties for sure. That's a real thing and a question. But off, the offensive line hasn't been that good. The receivers aren't as good as they were a year ago. Um, there's just different miscues that lend this team to not have looked like a top-four team consistently. Greeny with you, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We have Heather in studio. Since you say that, let's just go there for a minute. This has been the era of Alabama and Clemson. Since the college football playoff began, which was 2015, whatever it was, 14, yep. uh, 14 There has not been a year in which neither of those two teams were in it, Alabama and Clemson. In that order, it has been their era, Alabama-Clemson. Is that over? I think it's over because there are other teams that can win at an elite level consistently. And when you look at Alabama, they're going to continue to recruit. Clemson's going to continue to recruit. But, you know, we're talking on your show about LSU and Georgia and USC and these other teams. Ohio State is going to continue to do it. There are more programs out there that are going to say, hey, we can win the college football playoff in the national title too. And by the way, when it expands to 12, which it will eventually, it's going to be harder to get there. You're going to have to play more games to win it all. Yeah, it'll be harder to win the playoff. It'll be easier to get to the playoff. That's a a trade-off one way or the other. Uh, This year, Alabama would still get in. If there were 12 teams that were right. going, they would still, and they'd have a chance. So you can sort of spin that however you choose. Here's what I said yesterday, Heather, but, but I would defer if you tell me I'm wrong. I think the biggest change to the ability to be dominant in college football is this transfer portal. Because whereas previously, Alabama would have not just the three best linebackers in the country, but maybe the five best, because two of them aren't starting because they got beat out by the other guys. And then if they have any injuries, they're ready to plug in other elite-level players. The linebacker who's not starting at Alabama now is going and playing somewhere else, at Utah or at, I mean, wherever it might be, because these kids all want to play, And which I think in the big picture is great. That, that's the way it should be. But I think it'll be much harder for anyone to stash really good players on their roster going forward, whether you're Nick Saban or anybody else. I think it'll be almost impossible for anyone to have that level of dominance in a transfer portal era. Does that make sense? It does, because I, th- I think you're right. I mean, everyone is going to have that same issue. And that is absolutely what has separated the Alabamas of the world from everyone else is everyone is an NFL player that they're cycling in there. It's ridiculous. Um, And the depth is something that most schools don't have and would clamor for. But you're also able to, this is like a draft type thing. If you're missing somebody, look at what Lincoln Riley did at USC. If you're missing somebody, oh, let me just go get Jordan Addison, (laughs) the best receiver in the country and plug him in so I think it can work both ways where you might not necessarily always have the depth you want but you can line up those star playmakers throughout your entire roster so is this good or bad like like the the changes in it 
um, to your point, because I am all for the this is supposed to be an extracurricular activity. Right. I mean, that's what it was originally uh, considered. And for most of these young men, it still is. This is still something that they uh, will not do professionally. So I'm all for them having the freedom and ability to go ply their skills wherever it is they possibly can and maximize it however they choose. That said, if a coach can, I mean, these coaches are just looking at other teams and saying, I want his quarterback, I want his receiver, I want his run. Like, that's what's going on here, and that's not going to change, right? Well, look, there are certain rules that you can't do that you were never able to do. You can't pay players. You can't pay players to go to your school, et cetera. But what the transfer portal has done is exacerbate rule breaking that was already exist. And it was kind of like the dirty little, not so secret. Right. So yes, there's some of that happening to extent, but there are also coaches out there that quite honestly are doing it right. I mean, that that's true. But to me, Greeny, the bigger picture is the continued separation between the haves and have-nots in college football and the schools with the money are going to continue to get the better players and the better coaches and the better salaries, and that's the Big Ten and the SEC. So to me, the danger in college football is not necessarily at the level of the transfer portal. It's at the macro level of these super conferences and what happens to all of these other leagues. And Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. Let's just make sure I'm clear on what you're saying. When you say you can't pay players, right? So you're the coach of Team X. I'm not going to attach anyone's yeah. name. And you can't just say, I want the, I'm going to go pay the quarterback from Team Y to come play here. Right. But someone can, right? I mean, they have these NIL collectives. They're putting together groups that, they're, they're, I mean, right? The kids at Alabama are getting paid six figures, in some cases seven figures, to go play there. So it may not be the school, technically the school itself that's doing it. But these right. promises can still be made and the money is still getting paid, right? With the NIL deals. That's and, what I mean. And to me, it's more dangerous because they're saying that the schools can't help them with this, with, which to me is backwards. You want your compliance office and everybody saying this is – they do help them and say this is what you can and can't do. But in terms of setting up those NIL deals and figuring out the blurry line between the boosters and the collectives, that green is just a mess. It's a mess, and, and I don't – the NCAA keeps saying that they're going to try to regulate it. You can't regulate that stuff. Because it's been going on for years. Right. And, and they deserve it. And, and I've, I've said this many times. The NCAA f- richly deserves what they are now getting, which is utter chaos. It is their worst nightmare come true. Because if they had just been willing to give an inch, they wouldn't have had to have given up a mile. They maintained these ridiculous, antiquated, archaic, senseless uh, rules that finally they wound up in court where they couldn't defend them at all and all of the limits got taken away. Whereas if they had just said, okay, we'll be reasonable, we'll allow this and this and this, but if we go beyond that, then it becomes utter chaos. I think they would have gotten that and people would have taken it gratefully 10 years ago. Instead, you have this now, which is the wild, wild west, and you will never be able to put it back in the tube. It was 100% a failure of leadership from the top down, from NCAA President Mark Emmert all the way down to the commissioners and the athletic directors because people think of the NCAA as a block in a building 
in an entity in Indianapolis. No, the NCAA is all of the schools comprised of it, right? Emirates just at the top of it. But what they need to do now is prepare to pay players because of what you're talking about with the legal system and the courts. And if those commissioners that I talk to all the time about college football expansion aren't in the back of their heads prepping themselves for the day when they have to treat players as employees, then they're going to be behind again. Well, they, they generally tend to fall behind. That seems to be what they do well. All right, Heather, here we go. Real quick, I'm going to make the predictions. Mm-hmm. So Georgia's going to get in. Yep. The winner of Ohio State-Michigan is going to get in. That seems like a foregone conclusion. Yep. How about the loser? How about if the loser is Ohio State with a win over Notre Dame? Notre Dame is currently ranked 20th. They actually have the opportunity to move up, right? They play USC still, mm-hmm. right? So they've got that game. And don't they have one other big game? Who else do they have? USC plays Notre Dame. Yep, that's right. No, no, Notre Dame has another good game, right? Like, like my point is Notre Dame could move up. Right. So let's live in a world where they win that. Then all of a sudden that Ohio State win could look outstanding. So if Ohio State loses a close game to Michigan, mm-hmm. you've told me many times Michigan's non-conference schedule is so bad they don't get in with a loss. Right. But does Ohio State? They have a chance if... You can have Utah, a two-loss Pac-12 champ. You can have TCU losing. That's an interesting debate. One-loss TCU against an Ohio State with one loss that doesn't win its division. That's that's pretty tricky. Um, Make the argument for TCU in that one. I I can't because they play Tarleton State in their non-conference That's what I mean. So 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 Ohio State gets in ahead of them. I think Ohio State could get in ahead of TCU. I I think they get in ahead of Clemson because the ACC and Clemson have just been terrible to this point. so, to me, Ohio State has a sliver of, of hope, but I, rem- I have to remind everyone the selection committee has protocol written down on a piece of paper, tiebreakers. What if USC wins the Pac-12? They have a win against Notre Dame. Ohio State has a win against Notre Dame. USC has a conference championship, which is one of the tiebreakers. So in that particular instance, I think USC would get in ahead of Ohio State. USC's strength of record right now is 10th in the country. They're ranked 8th. So that means the committee generally likes what they see. All right. I love this stuff. I love my sheet. I love having you here every week, if not more than that. Thank you, Heather. I really appreciate it, as always, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Big weekend coming up there with Heather. In the meantime, the question of the day from Nuno involves the strangest thing we will see in the NFL this weekend by far, and you'll hear what it is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. All right, Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted to have you along for the ride on this morning, we started with the college. I have the assembled members of the hashtag crew assembled around me. The presence of Nuno and Bubba and me suggests we did not win the Powerball. As we continue, I'm going to t- see that little smug sound you just made is why everyone hates you. Just to be clear, in case you're wondering why everyone can't stand you, mm-hmm. it's that when I said that, you went just like that. You, you just made that sound. I had to make it known that you guys did not win. And Are you making that sound in the did. direction of your wife? She wanted you to chime in on this. She did. And, and, and is she now happy that we didn't win? Yes, she is quite happy, but she's still mad at me for not being one of the guys. As well she should be. All right, we will have uh, the question of the day from the NFL and a whole lot more here as we roll on in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? What type of role are you hiring for? Whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York or a mascot in Missouri, ZipRecruiter can help you find qualified candidates fast. Their matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job, and you can invite them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Well, I'll tell you what the question of the day is today. It was a good one, and it was in the Google Doc, and it came from Nuno who, as he was looking ahead at this weekend's NFL schedule and uh, the Green Bay Packers getting set to host the Dallas Cowboys, which in some quarters is being talked about as Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau, he wrote, who would have thought that McCarthy would win a Super Bowl without Rodgers before Rodgers won one without him? When Mike McCarthy got fired with a few games left in that season in Green Bay, I think it was universally thought that he had been the problem and was one of the reasons, one of the things that was holding Rodgers back from winning more championships than he had won, which was only one at that point. And we thought a quarterback this good should have more than one championship. Well, now here we are. Aaron Rodgers still has the same one championship, and Mike McCarthy is the coach of a team that we, many of us, think has a real chance to win the title this year. Certainly, inarguably, a better chance than Aaron Rodgers does. So, Nuno, it's a pretty good question, and it is one of the intriguing storylines of this weekend in the NFL. That's well done by you. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing, right? And here's the funny part. We've criticized, and rightfully so, Mike McCarthy for a lot of bad decisions in his little short tenure with the Cowboys. We've all assumed that at some point in time he probably would be fired, but we're going into a spot unless he foobars the, the playoffs, like, you know, bad, uh, <laughs> bad clock management, something that costs him the game. We're actually, there is more, um, 
are, we're more secure about his future than we are about Aaron Rodgers' right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, his. I, I agree with you. That, that The one thing I'll say about McCarthy that concerns me, if, if we're talking about his job security there, and I'll bring in Bubba, who is the Cowboy fan, is that the stakes feel really high right now. Like, I can't believe he survived last year. That, that, that was a Super Bowl-caliber team. And whatever the term you just used was, that's how they handled the end of that game. I mean, to not get a snap off at the end of that game is is one of the worst looks that you've ever seen for a team's organization and coaching and everything else. So I still can't believe he survived that. Not because you deserve to get fired for one bad moment, but when that had been the storyline surrounding him and, and it ends that way, especially a team that we thought was that good. Here we are again. And they're going to go into this thing as one of the favorites, Bubba. And so if it does end in a way that it feels very much like you have to blame the coach, then I wonder if he can survive two of those. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, as far as to the original question, I definitely wouldn't ever have thought so. I mean, I personally picked Dan Quinn as coach of the year. That's how little confidence I had in him. But mm-hmm. I think he deserves a lot of credit for how they've been playing this year and, you know, right of the ship under Cooper Rush. Um, you know, again, I, I thought the season was over as soon as Dak was down. And I, there's no one except for you that basically said they were going to be where they are right now. So McCarthy deserves a lot of credit. I, I think the way they've played, in, unless it's just a complete abject disaster again with Another one, like you said, where they do something completely insane to blow. I think he's definitely coming back next year, which is really what no everyone just was pretty much just penciling in Sean Payton for next year, which is it was just crazy now to think that McCarthy will be back. Everything I'm hearing is that Sean Payton is going to be the coach of the Chargers. Barring some sort of long run, again, please do not, I don't want to see anyone posting anywhere, Greeny says Sean Payton will be the, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you're wondering what the conventional wisdom amongst people who cover this stuff is, it is that the likeliest scenario for Sean is that that's where he winds up. He wants the weather. He wants the young quarterback. Um, and and that is a, a talented roster that, with under the right circumstances, I think could make a very deep playoff run. Now, those circumstances might still present themselves this year. No one's paying attention to the Chargers, but they're still very much in it. And if they get healthy and the quarterback gets fully healthy, they may still do something this year that means the coach survives. But if not, that's where I think Sean is going to wind up. Now, the the Rodgers of it all does lead to an interesting question, a secondary question, Hembo. What does his future look like? I'm reading a lot about his contract and all that would be involved. What does he want? I mean, you never know what Rodgers is going to want, and he may not know yet. He, When you're right in the middle of a season like this, it would be perfectly reasonable for him not to be giving a lot of thought to what he wants next year to look like. But I guess of the three options that exist, Hembo, handicap for me the likelihood of each of them happening. A, he's the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. B, he's the starting quarterback somewhere else. Or C, he's not playing football anymore. I would say A is the likeliest option. You know, we're holding against Aaron Rodgers all of the drama surrounding two, three years ago Whereas the contract that he signed last offseason and everything that he has said and done since kind of strikes me as a long-term decision. He's hardly said a negative word about the front office. I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that he has forgiven the front office for all of its foibles and drafting Jordan Love and all of the rest of it. 
But Aaron Rodgers has acted very differently the last year than he did in the previous two. I think he made a long-term decision. He's a part of the rebuild, and he's going to play into his early 40s. That's my best guess. I, I perhaps, but if it really is a rebuild, and, and there's a part of me that feels like this team is kind of itching to rebuild. I mean, that when you trade up to take a quarterback, they were ready to rebuild three years ago. He just threw a monkey wrench into all of that. Like, do you want to be part of a rebuild at the age of 39? One of the reasons that Tom Brady is in Tampa instead of New England now is because I think he perceived them as needing to rebuild their roster, and at that stage of his career in life, he didn't want to be a part of that. Well, what's stopping Aaron Rodgers from running that same play in Green Bay for the next few years. I mean, what he's play? Not retiring, like staying the Packers quarterback. No, but that, well, I, that's why I keep saying that if there is a way that they can mutually figure out where he is somewhere else, I keep going back to that. Now, the money is going to be complicated. Right. Yeah. But if let's live in a world where Jimmy Garoppolo isn't in San Francisco anymore next year and they're looking for a quarterback and, you know, Trey Lance, look, I know they gave up a lot to get him and whatever else it is, but are you handing over that team to Trey Lance? Maybe they do. There will be teams out there that would give anything to have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback next year. If they can figure out a way to make it work money-wise for everyone, I'm not sure that that isn't what everyone would want. Here's when that idea expired for me. It's when Nathaniel Hackett went to the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers did not. They brought in Russell Wilson instead, seemingly plan B for them. That told me that Aaron Rodgers views himself as a lifelong member of the Green Bay Packers, no matter what happens this year. Or... He already knew something about Nathaniel Hackett that the rest of us have just figured out, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, I quote the great Mad Dog Russo when he said, Nathaniel Hackett, what a dope. Uh, and and I don't, I don't, I, that's just me trying to be funny. I don't know that uh, he's not necessarily that. But so far, he doesn't look like Vince Lombardi. Let's put it that way. So, I, I mean, I, I, Nuno, let me ask you the same question. Likely a scenario. He's in Green Bay, he's somewhere else, or he's off, you know, climbing a mountain. He's not going to go out this way. It's He'll be back in Green Bay at least one more. It'll be one more year. He'll be there. Uh, and we need it anyway. Like, he gives us great fodder. That's the best part about it. But, no, well, it's better fodder? Better, better fodder, fodder is him going somewhere else. Hmm. That's but, better fodder. Is it, though? Like I think it's better fodder. You don't think it's better fodder? <laughs> I just like saying those two words back to back. Doesn't that sound like a moment from Seinfeld? The bubba, the better fodder. Doesn't that sound like that? Yeah, that could they could do a whole episode on that. For a sure. whole episode on better fodder. Absolutely. But let me go back to that, uh, Nuno, because it is a legitimate question. Is it better fodder for him to be the quarterback in Green Bay, or better fodder for him to be the quarterback of San Francisco? Who else? What are other places? That All right, I got have- one for go, you. Go, go. Tampa Bay, because we know Tom is done. Tom's not stay. If if Tom plays next year, he is not going to play there. How about Brady? How about Aaron Rodgers in Tampa Bay? I don't think they're good enough. Like if, if you're him, you're hand picking a place you're ready to. It's ready to win right now. What's a place that's ready? Minnesota, the Giants, co- co- Ooh. the New York Giants. Oh, now that's an interesting one. What do you think of that one, Nuno? Uh, it's that like that windy gif where he puts up his fingers. The like <laughs> when he's thinking about like what's going on. I what. I like it, but because because you just imagine those press conferences every week with uh, with the New York media, it'll be great. Quarterbacks like Dayball too, yeah, right. Like they like that would him. be some good fodder. That would be that'd be better fodder. I'll, I'll take that fodder. Uh, I still think Daniel Jones is still going to be there, but one way or another, better fodder. We'll we'll wait and see on that. Well, we'll see where he winds up going. One way or another, it's interesting, and you can always chime in as part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Meanwhile... 
the scoop. Do the Bills suddenly look beatable to you? The Josh Allen injury, depending on what it winds up being, is the biggest story of the NFL season so far, and here's why. Because I think the conventional wisdom has been all along. Buffalo is head and shoulders better than anyone else in the NFL. The people who rank teams continue to rank them ahead of the Eagles, even though the Eagles hadn't lost and they had. We made every single, and when I say we, I mean we. I was part of this. We made every excuse. We made every reason. The Bills are just too good, too good, too good, too good. Now, the injury to Allen is going to be the overwhelming story because it, if it is significant, then it could, of course, derail that. But even without that, for the you know 59 minutes and 40-something seconds of the game against the Jets this past weekend before he hurt his elbow, and parenthetically, he threw a ball 70 yards in the air after he hurt his elbow, were there already some sort of cracks in that? Like, did, did it all of a sudden not look so clear that the Bills are that good? At the risk of overreacting, if you watched that game on Sunday, and I know the Bills have some injuries, but so do the Jets. The Jets lost their best offensive player to an injury a few weeks ago. I don't think anyone watching that game wouldn't say that if you took the quarterbacks off the field, the Jets are better than the Bills. They are better defensively. They're, I think, I think close to being as good offensively because they can run the ball. The Bills don't run it without their quarterback. Again, if you took the quarterback off the field, in their case, you're taking 80-something percent of their offense away. But the Jets ran it down their throats when they wanted to. I shouldn't say that they're better because Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis are better than, than any pair the Jets could put out there. But I think the Jets are comparable, and the Jets are by no means the best team in the NFL. So I think what we are seeing here is that the top of the AFC is wide open regardless of Allen's elbow. Agree or disagree? I agree. The Bills demonstrated on Sunday that they have two potential fatal flaws. One is that their offensive line is not great. The Jets consistently got to Josh Allen rushing four. And the second is that their run defense is objectively terrible, right? And if you have both of those things that could creep up, that's a tough look for you in a playoff scenario. Like I've said before, the question with the Bills is not how good. We know when they're good, they're the best. It's how often, and in their case, they're just not good every single week. You know, the Eagles are the team that we thought the Bills were. That's truly where we are right now. The Eagles are far and away the best team. They've not played a bad game. The Bills have already played two and a half, uh, two bad games, and Josh Allen looks really bad in the second half against Green Bay. Yeah, I leave it to you to bring it back to the Eagles mm-hmm. somehow when we're not talking about them, but your point is not badly taken. Here's what I'll say. Here's my de- declarative statement. I think the Bills need to be at home to get to the Super Bowl. And not so much because of Kansas City, but maybe because of Miami. The Dolphins haven't lost a game that Tua Tungavailoa has played. I know he started the Cincinnati game, so technically his record as a starter is going to have a loss, mm-hmm. right? Because he started that game. But that, that loss doesn't go on him. He's won every game that he has played. And that offense looks so good. I'm just not sure what it would look like in the Arctic cold of Orchard Park, New York, in late January. But if that game is in South Florida, what's the last time the AFC Championship game was played in a warm-weather city? That gets skewed because the Colts play in a dome. Mm -hmm. So obviously Peyton had a bunch of home games over the course of time, and and those are not weather games. So that kind of ruins it. So what's the last time they had that, like 20... 
09. What what year was it that they went? They beat the Jets and went to the Super Bowl and lost to Drew Brees. Whatever that year was, that would be the 09 season into 10. So is that the last time the AFC Championship game was not played outdoors in freezing cold weather? I guess so. I mean, back in 2002, the Raiders. Uh, okay, so that's 20 years ago. That, yeah, that was probably. I mean, that's probably the most. That game was 52 degrees. Where, where else have these games been played? Pittsburgh, New England, mostly. New England, almost every year. Right, Baltimore. Maybe Pittsburgh. And here's a number to support your point, Granny. So the Bills have played 16 home games in their playoff history and 16 road games in their playoff history. At home, they're 13-3. and three. On the road, they're 4-12. and 12. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, that's an excellently taken point. And going to Buffalo is not easy no matter what time of year you do it, but going to Buffalo in, in January takes a very special team. And I don't think – I don't – if, let's put it this way. If the Bills play the Dolphins in the playoffs and that game is in Buffalo, I would favor the Bills by eight points. If the Bills play the Dolphins in the playoffs and that game is Miami, I know this isn't the way these things work. I would make that like a pick em game. Uh. I really would. I would give Miami every bit of the puncher's chance to so win that game. So on, on average, Vegas gives the home team three points. In that case, you think it's closer to a touchdown. I mean, I know it isn't really that, but that's the way I would view it. Coming up, it's not too early in the NBA season to say one monumental move needs to be made right now, and I'll tell you what it is. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I'm enjoying some delicious vegetable soup that Hembo's mother made for me. Now, we have a lot of soup conversation here um, because I like to get soup in a sandwich every day for my lunch. And the deli has two or three days a week where they just make these terrible soups that no human being in their right minds would eat. And so, delightfully, Hembo's mother who is every bit as wonderful as he is evil, um, heard about this and, and sent along with you this vegetable soup that mm. is fantastic. You like it? Oh, I love it. So I'm very happy with my soup right now. You know what I'm not happy with? The Lakers. They stink. 
Oh, my God, are they awful. We've got them tonight on ESPN. We've got good games tonight, actually, Nuna. we got the battle for New York. we got New York, New York at Barclays. Actually, Stephen A., Michael, Jalen, and I will be at Barclays to do NBA Countdown tonight at 7. Then we got Knicks-Nets. And then the L.A. crew is going to take the second game tonight, which will be Lakers-Clippers. But I want to focus for a moment here on the Lakers. And you tell me if I'm overreacting when I say the following. The Los Angeles solution to the problem the Los Angeles Lakers have, Nuno, is that they should trade Anthony Davis as soon as they can. And the reason I say as soon as they can is because with every passing day, the idea that he is what people used to say he was becomes further and further from true. I am old enough to remember a time when Anthony Davis people would commonly say, you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the top five players in the NBA. One of the top five players in the NBA. Both parts of that, Nuno, are ridiculous because A, he's never healthy, but B, even when he is, not only is he definitively not a top five player in the NBA, he's not even close, Let's take all the other positions out of it. Nuno, is he a top five big in the NBA? He is not. I I present three names that I think go ahead of him easily in this order. Well, in no particular order. Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. Those three guys are a hundred times better than him. Every team in the NBA would take those three guys ahead of him without even thinking about it. The next one, as I was trying to jot these down, is Carl Anthony Towns better than Anthony Davis? I'm so disappointed in Cat. Uh, I don't think he is, but that's just my opinion. Is Pascal Siakam a big? He, he is relatively big, but he doesn't play that way, right? Like, he brings the ball up for them and stuff. So, I don't think, I don't think you could put Siakam on this list. Is Rudy Gobert better than Anthony Davis? Probably not, right? His limitations are such that. So, so let's let's say, I don't, and I'm not ready to put the young guys in there yet. There's some really good young players in the NBA. So there's three bigs that I think are definitively better than him. Carl Anthony Towns, who I think is on that level. Is there anyone I'm forgetting? Hembo. Bam Adebayo. Nuna, who would you rather have, Bam Adebayo or, or AD? See, the thing with Bam is offensively, he... He just he struggled so much. I think limited. He's so very limited. Um, but I think you probably take Bam. The only other question about a guy, and it's tough because of just his skill set. But what do we consider Zion? Mm. Is he because is he a big? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he he's he's not a big in the same way that I'm talking about these guys. I mean, he, you know, if he were to stay healthy. He could redefine what it means to be a big in the NBA. But let's not even... So I like that you mentioned him, but let's not even put him in this discussion. So here's my point. Like, he is at very best the fourth best big in the NBA. You tell me, is there anyone listening to me who thinks that LeBron James and Anthony Davis will win another championship? I mean, that trade served its purpose. They won a title. The fact that it was in the bubble should not diminish it. A, that's not their fault. B, 
as I said at the time, we cannot discount those games. We cared about them. We begged for them. We wanted them. Give them credit. They won their title. And the value, I've always said, one championship in any sport is invaluable. So I'm not going to criticize the trade. I'm not going to say the Lakers made a mistake, despite the fact that all those good young players are in New Orleans now, and they figure to be great for a long time, including the pick swap they have coming up. I mean, for all I know, the Lakers are going to get the first pick in this year's draft, which is going to be this kid, Victor Wembanyama, who's going to be the greatest player in NBA history, and the Pelicans are going to swap the pick and he's going to wind up there but no matter what happens I will not say that that trade was a mistake because they won a championship I will not turn up my nose at a title but that doesn't mean that the time has not come to acknowledge you're never winning another one and you should consider trading Anthony Davis right now am I wrong no I agree with you but how do you explain that to LeBron James who is an aging player who sort of sees the writing on the wall I think he sees it for what it is I think LeBron James, he chose to sign on to stay there. I think LeBron James says, we're not winning a championship as currently. They're 2-8. and eight. So rebuild? So try and get a bunch of pieces for Anthony Davis that you might have some fighting chance with. Right now, you have none. And he hasn't even gotten hurt yet. <laughs> right. He's I actually mean, playing reasonably well right now. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's good. He's a, he's a good player. I'm not trying to say he's not. He's got value right now. You could trade him for a lot. You put him on a contending team mm. where he has to be the second or third best player, he could be phenomenal. I could give you a list of teams he could go to right now that he can help them win a championship this minute. The Lakers aren't on it. So that that I'm not sitting here telling you Anthony Davis is terrible. I'm telling you the Lakers should trade him while they can. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.